Blog Talk Radio. I nominate that song to be the new national anthem. Uh, it's Midnight in Moscow by Kenny Ball and his Jasmine from 1962. And welcome to another program in the epic A Thousand Moms show. Um, I'm Dave Balog. I'm the information officer for A Thousand Moms, building community support for LGBTQ youth in foster and adoptive care. And joining me is Dr. Ray Workings. Greetings, Ray. Greetings. And I just wondered if uh, that becomes your the new national anthem, if Moscow Mitch can sing it solo, belt it right out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I got blocked on Twitter for using the Moscow Mitch hashtag. It's, it's a, oh, my goodness. It's a proud accomplishment. I mean, uh, it just seems Wear that so with pride. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, Dr. Ray, um, the all-knowing, all-seeing, all-omniscient all host of, isn't that what Johnny Carson used to say? Or, or McMahon. I don't know, but I sure like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ed McMahon, when he introduced Karnak, which is uh, one of my favorite parts of the Carson show, even though he was a, a raging homophobe. Um, but uh, he would int- Ed McMahon would introduce Carson as, and now a visitor from the East, the all-knowing, all-omniscient, well, that's redundant, all-knowing, omniscient, uh, seer, soothsayer, and um, carpet cleaner, for the for the for the king and queen, uh, Karnak the Magnificent, something like that. So uh, Ray, you're not quite Karnak, but you are the host of the long-running Sunday morning Homo Radio on WRPI Radio, 91.5 locally, and WRPI.org uh, digitally, but many 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 more platforms and. Uh, uh, avenues of, of contact, um, well, WRPI.org, as I said, and then tune in. And uh, can you fill us in on uh, uh, the platform of the week or the other, well, the you other can, places? You can, you, you can find us uh, on WRPI.org, of course, stream live, in addition to local, regionally 91.5 FM. Uh, it is on virtual. Home radio is on virtually every app there is. iTunes, Apple TV, Channel Two on campus if you're really local, and um, that pretty much covers it, David. If you want to find us, you can. 
and if, I mean, if you're if you're gathering in the the, the hut in in Kazakhstan, um, you can find Dr. Ray and and Homo Radio Gang, couldn't you? You could, and people do. I'm amazed every week that. <laughs> Somebody not unlike our podcast that we are currently doing. Um, at least people are out there, and I think the motivation, David, and you've mentioned it, is there just isn't any place else to go to get information. It's so dangerous for these people. So we're a godsend oh, yeah. for them, and I'm glad for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, as much as we bemoan it here, can you imagine uh, uh, being gay in uh, in Russia or catch now, um, I'm sure you carve out a a, a piece of uh, happiness, but it, it's got to be a hundred times harder, and you're marginalized um, under threats, police threats, can't march, can't really assemble except in secret, <clears throat> and, and, and that's where you get to survive, but countries like uh, Iran or um, Iraq or some of the some of the really repressive countries in the Middle East and, and Africa to uh, death sentence. And you know we I know there are people addressing this, and we've had a guest on our show a few years ago who um, addresses uh, international crimes against gay people and uh, it is a big big worldwide problem um so ray let's go to the videotape with the <laughs> i want to talk about two things this week the 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 wrapping up and packaging of the impeachment um articles and the forthcoming trial um it's and then I want to talk about uh my response to the really vicious criticism heading Mayor Pete's way from the Democrat wingers, left wingers, and uh the misunderstandings. Um so we'll talk about that. But this impeach what'd you take? What's your take from the week? I was exhausted and just dumbfounded by the uh, obstinacy and stupidity of the of the Republicans. I mean, it's just they've set new. I don't know. It's a clown show with posters and and um, temper tantrums and uh, just just repeated lines dumbed down for. Um, those who need to hear it really dumbed down. Um, I don't know, Ray. I, I I was drawn to watch it. I'm always interested in historic events like this, and um, but I was exhausted by the end. What what did you? What did? How much could you take, and what did you think of it? Well, just logistically, I mean, with doing the other show and preparing things and. Personal errands, uh, you know, I couldn't possibly devote nine hours. I don't know what it was. Last day, I think they went to midnight. Um, 
So yeah. I, I did glean as much as I could and do summaries and watch on my phone. Um, people didn't like it at some restaurants I was at, but I had it turned down. I mean, it's one of the great, um, you know, resources you have, being able to watch it on by phone. But I, I, yeah, I was exhausted. I was frustrated. If I saw Jim Jordan or heard Jim Jordan's mouth one more time, I think I would have thrown something across the dining room. Um, Republicans just fell to a level that I, I just, I'm amazed by. There is no, there's no bottom to this. Absolutely none. With the illegitimate president or with uh, the Republicans, and what they, I just heard an editorial of what they've done to the free press and the perception of the fourth estate that I was brought up with in tenth grade, way back in '63 and '64. You know the value, the importance of the press. This this is going to take a long time to rebound, if ever it does. Yeah. And, you know, I have to be very choosy now in uh, the commentators that I, you know, choose to watch. I, um, I, I, I don't know. I was mostly looking at um, uh, PBS and Judy Woodruff and her guests, but she had a, a I believe it was a law professor on, and uh, Ray, this guy was just dull, dull as dishwater. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you, if you, it seems that it would take some effort to be that stupid, um, or be so uh, uncritical, or um, I. I, I Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it comes naturally. But I, for a long time, I thought, you know, you get a law degree or or you get a, a, a job in media that you have some thinking skills, some some critical thinking skills. And, and if you could interpret what the Republicans were saying this week as acceptable or credible, um, Wow, I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you, or some land in Florida. Um, it, it, you, you know, I think what's what to your point. What's happened to the media is, um, they, they they have to strive to be. I hate that term, fair and balanced, but there is no balance on the other side. There is no. They 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 they, you know, try to get what they consider both sides of the story and there is no defense of the of the stupidity and um mindlessness coming from uh the republicans but they do it anyway and uh, you you make an awfully good point there because i i rail on and on about it on sunday mornings um you know if you spend your life in education you realize that especially in my earlier years in secondary ed when you're an assistant principal, sometimes wrong is just plain wrong. And you can do all the Pollyanna stuff you'd like, but sometimes 100% of the blame goes on one side, and that's where it is right now. And trying to be fair and balanced and nicey-nice. We have a great commentator, Joe Laux, who comes on. He's our poli-sci prop and homo radio alum, who says, you know, the Democrats – 
bring a water pistol to a fight and the Republicans bring a machine gun. And that analogy sticks with me because we have this, I felt it my whole life, there's this feeling with, with Democrats that um, way too often that, you know, you, you just don't want to, you don't want to get too strong. You know, if you talk too loudly, you get too aggressive. That's a problem. And I, I think that's one of the reasons that we have had issues winning certain elections. Um, you know, it's, you got to be nice. You got to play nice. I mean, I put something up about the response to um, Barron and, and subsequently to the uh, delightful lady, a girl athlete, Greta, who was, you know, Times Person of the Year. Holy moly. Hooray. You know, you can't. You can't do that. Well, maybe I can do it in the right context, David. You know, he, he, the way he ripped into that girl. Don't don't tell me I can't say something about Barron's issue at the same time because I will. Yeah, I, I mean, it's maybe wiser, more experienced people than than I can you know, um, make sense than me can make sense of this. And maybe it's always been the same. That this, I, I mean, I remember a quote from Adlai Stevenson. I don't remember it. I read about it when he was. Uh, uh, campaigning, you know, he's running against Eisenhower, and uh, he had the uh, stigma of being called uh, an egghead. Um, and uh, he gave a, a, a very—he he was speaking at a college. He gave a very, very good speech, very comprehensive, very literate man. And um, someone uh, in the audience said to him afterwards. Well, Mr. Eisenhower, uh, Mr. Stevenson, you've really locked up the intellectual vote in this country. And he said something to the effect, well, that way, uh, if that's all I got, I'm going to lose in a landslide. Get me to the, get me to the rest of America. Um, I'm sort of paraphrasing and um, perhaps he's a little blunter than that, but, um, there, there is a. I mean, the statistics just really amaze me. I, I think it's less than thirty percent of this country uh, uh, graduates from a, a, a four-year college. Um, and my old friend Art, who was a professor, said, um, "Well, you know, not everybody needs to go to college, and the French have a education system that literally." Um, you know, sets a program out for uh, students, for youth who, you know, de- depending on their intellect, depending on their wishes. And, you know, if you're if you're not going to be uh, a Rhodes Scholar or, a, you know, an intellect- intellectual person, well, trade schools are perfectly good um, uh, courses of study for you. And, um you know, that's another topic for another show, but, you know, I, I, but, I'm sorry, go ahead, Rick. But, but, I, but no, I mean, excuse me, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's, you know, I had a horrible phone call with a high school friend um, the other day, and I said, you know, I, and he has a degree, it doesn't do him any good, but, uh, you know, 
if you don't go to college, that's fine. And I'm an advocate for BOCES and VOTEC and trades I, and always have been yeah. and feel that there's an arrogance. Uh, we were told when I graduated, if you didn't go to college, you were nothing. And I looked around and saw, I look now, and I see people from the phone company, and this is like a cliche, and the power company, as it was called in the day, and they all did just fine, and they're happy, and they have great families. So that's, I'm I'm not putting this out there as somebody standing on a high podium uh, somewhere and trying to, you know, preach. But the problem is you, you do need to, to school yourself. And this individual that I speak of, this former friend, uh, yeah, I, I pointed out to him that, you know, we had to get the New York Times in 10th grade. You had to put out a few pennies, and they delivered it each day, each school, or, uh, you know, worked or, or Monday through Friday. And, and we read it, and we were tested on it at the end of the week. We schooled ourselves. And at that time, everybody read the paper. Now, despite all the social media and everything that's out there, I don't find that these people know anything but, but Fox and similar news outlets, and it, it frightens me. I said, You're, you, you impressed me, Al. You impressed me. He's probably listening as we speak because you were the one that was, that was uh, you know, aware of what was happening on the current event. Now you don't know a damn thing. And, and he'll tell me how he gets his news, and that would make you fall off your chair. But you've, and certainly the great minds of 1850, they they were they knew how to school themselves. They didn't all go to August universities or four-year colleges or whatever, but they school themselves. One way or another, it has to happen. And that's what, and I promise to be quiet, that's what Rush Limbaugh has pushed for decades. He extols the undereducated, and they cheer for being referred to as such. And I think that's a real problem. Yeah, um, he even makes the decisions for them. So, uh, you know, they, but I, I find that that mentality has crept into the, uh, the Democratic Party and, and the left. Um, and I want to talk about it, Ray, in, in terms of, uh, Mayor Pete and, uh, the, uh, attacks that are being made on him by, um, the media mostly um, knocking his intellectualism, knocking his elite Harvey, uh, Harvard uh, and Oxford um, uh, education. And he, um, I think he's handled it wonderfully, but the, the, uh, maybe I'm living in a silo. You know, I look at these websites and internet shows, um, which are, uh, well, they used to be a lifeline for me because, you know, in in the, the George W. Bush presidency, there really wasn't another voice to Limbaugh or Hannity or that madness. And and along came um, uh, shows that used the internet. And, um, you know, they were a port in the storm, that's for sure. But uh, they've really, now they're all Bernie. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. And there's no other answer but Bernie. Only Bernie can save us. And it's really eerily similar to the right in their uh, adoration of Trump. And I want to speak to it because it, 
came sort of close to home a couple of weeks ago when uh, a friend of mine um, who uh, writes for LGBTQ Nation and he took uh, pen to paper. He writes a, a regular column, uh, political in nature. And um, he really did uh, a, a very uh, harsh criticism of Mayor Pete. And it, it just, for me, it was like a, a, a turning point or a, a, a last word or whatever you want to call it because I, I've seen many in the LGBT community be indifferent to Pete or uh, downright hostile and everything in between and I just couldn't put my finger on it. I, I don't know why he elicits such um, reaction, such hostility or in, from indifference to hostility, everything in between. And um, so I decided I was going to respond. Um, you know, my uh, my friend wrote about the um, Pete's problems with that uh, black community and really disparaged him for not being prepared to uh, why doesn't he have connections in the black community? Why is he still at zero percent? in African-American vote in uh, South Carolina and just really did a number on Pete. And I I really, you know, it hurt for a while. I, I just, uh, this is somebody I, I, I really haven't seen for many, many years. And um, it just seemed so pro forma and not understanding that, LGBT experience, both as a as a member of our tribe and also um, as the subject of criticism from the media. So I wanted to respond, and I spent many many hours <laughs> working on a, a publication or on a essay, which turned out to be something in the realm of three thousand words. But I'm I'm going to try to publish it. But I want to read from it, Ray, and get your reaction. I'm sure it'll spark some conversation. So let me let me read a, several paragraphs and starting with the first one and see, um, and get your reaction. Uh, I've titled the uh, essay, I guess you call it, Navigating LGBT Marginalization, The Remarkable Presidential Run of Pete Buttigieg. When he is interviewed by the media, Pete Buttigieg elicits strangely personal stories that reveal more about the author and the interviewer than about the candidate. There's a lot of what I call lightning rod defensive talk. Buttigieg is a lightning rod for individual, individuals' feelings about gay rights, the gay community, and their own sexuality. Rachel Maddow, in her first interview with Buttigieg, hemmed and hawed her way into a discussion of his relatively late coming out age. To me, she was a bit too nosy and disrespectful when she asked him why it took a decade longer than her to come out. It came across as an invasion of the man's privacy. The short of it 
there's no prescribed time, no age factor for coming to terms with being gay. Ms. Maddow is clearly more comfortable talking with more conventional candidates who appear on her show. Homophobia is thriving in America and around the world. And what the media, straight and gay, doesn't get about Pete Buttigieg is that he does not conform to labels and preconceived ideas that have to do with being gay in America's heteronormative society. He refuses to be stereotyped, stands proudly with his husband, Chaston, speaks his Midwestern values. That he is not radical, angry, and loud puzzles the culture observers. Um, Ray, do you take any notes, have any thoughts on um, that's the opening to my essay? Um, well, I, I guess you, I would extract the word lightning rod because Pete, Mayor Pete is, is, has, has become a lightning rod, and I think he brings out probably this is something you're going to get into right now, uh, a lot of feelings that people I know, LGBTQ people, have about themselves. And as someone with a, a master's degree in clinical psych, I am getting that feeling that it's, it's reaching deep. And their feelings about who they are, their authentic self, are not, they're not comfortable with themselves as they profess to be. And when they see Pete, for some reason, it is indeed a, a lightning rod. So that that would be my observation so far. Yeah. I mean, there was a, uh, another um, article this week, I think it was in BuzzFeed, where the author just um, basically said he's he's not gay enough. He's he's too conservative. He's he's married with uh, and and. Uh, going to get the kids, and um, what about the rest of us? Uh, we need, we lead, we lead individual lives, and uh, we need to rebel, and therefore we need somebody with, uh, somebody who re- respects the individual, somebody like Bernie, who's going to get Medicare for all, and other, you know, other things. But Bernie is the candidate for the um, for the estranged individual, and you know I I was just really taken by this. It's 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 in a sense saying that uh, Pete is not those things. I mean he 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 has Medicare for all who want it, um, and there, there really are marginal differences, but. Um, you know, it kind of struck me, and I want to get your reaction to this, Ray. Why, you know, we had marriage equality last five years ago. Uh, it was a long, long struggle to get there. Universally celebrated is like Gay Liberation Day number two and um, had to be protected at all costs. And it was a bitter fight to get there. Um, are, are people now saying, "Well, we didn't need it, we didn't want it"? Um, I, I, I certainly understand the the need to protect us as a community who don't want to get married, who don't want that "quote unquote" lifestyle, um, who can't get it because of social isolation. Um, 
but they're not two different worlds. You, you know, they, they, um, listen, I'm the last person to aspire to the, you know, the lifelong husband and three kids and, but that's what we wanted and that's what we needed to sort of get our legal protection. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I just think there's, there's some fundamental misunderstanding of, of, uh, what Mayor Pete is talk is, uh, proposing. And there's this sort of, uh, blind support of, of, of Bernie, which is going to lead us down the road to uh, uh, minority status very easily. Um, any thoughts, Ray, about uh, marriage equality and, and um, it's, uh, it seems to be that the left is playing it again. Well, you know, within the you come up with an incredibly good point as always. Uh, you know, what we want as members of the LGBTQ community, and I choose my words carefully here, is very idiosyncratic. There are still people out there who want the house with the circle drive-in, the pillars in the car. I wasn't unhappy with it. If you have the car, you know, and and now the opportunity to to have surrogate children or to adopt uh, in some places, thank God, is finally being realized that only, only some places. There's nothing wrong with that. If you think that's a parody, then God bless you. You know, go your own direction. But if that's not the way it happens inside the community that I see. There, there's this, uh, you know, this nasty feeling toward, oh, you want nothing but the gay version of the straight life. That's what you want. Go get it. If that bothers you, forget it and, and find whatever wonderful thing to do that that's comfortable for you. Um, but that's not gone. You sit in any support group or any discussion at, at a bar, and you'll find very quickly that that's not far beneath the surface. And it's a problem. It's an internal problem with our community. Yeah. Um, well, let me read... Um more from my um, uh, my response or my manifesto. <laughs> I felt like uh, uh, Martin Luther writing the, the theses. Now I have to go hang them on the church door. Um, so uh, I go on, right? From the beginning of his campaign, the progressive left media and gay media have derided Buttigieg first gay person with a legitimate shot at the presidency is too conservative to accommodate him. Gay writers call him not gay enough or the wrong type of gay. He says to little avail that he is not running to be president of gay America, but to be the president of America. He wants to build or rebuild a democratic coalition to win one that reminds me of the FDR coalition that had a very successful 50-year run. The coalition included Democratic Party organizations, big city machines, labor unions, religious and ethnic identity groups, Catholics, Jews, and blacks, liberal farm groups, intellectuals, and unfortunately, Southern segregation. 
But more disturbingly, Buttigieg's positions, policy positions, have been routinely misrepresented and distorted. CNN's Anderson Cooper chided Buttigieg in a town hall event for not having a single policy plan on his website. From early on, Buttigieg has had many detailed proposals, and they were on his website, a secondary site. Too polite or confused by Cooper's misstatement, Buttigieg moved on. He's been assigned a spot in the ultra-white privileged class by a group called the Young Turks for his fancy Ivy League education. The Young Turks has relentlessly produced harsh videos about Buttigieg with no corroboration from secondhand news organizations. He's met by the soft bigotry of low expectations, which with commentators saying that he's just way too young, age 37, and is angling just to get a cabinet appointment, period. Media figures like David Pakman, Sam Cedar, and Cenk Uber barely contain their contempt when discussing Buttigieg. And uh, Ray, we had one of those on our show once, uh, David Pakman. Um, I don't know if you remember that episode years ago. I, um, I remember it well. I just listened to one of his pieces about ten minutes ago before the show. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's a he's a never peep person, and and he's not a happy all person. Yep. I'm sorry. He absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just find that there's this uh, whole string of uh, programs. I, I mean, if I was paranoid, and maybe I'm getting there, I would say they're in cahoots with each other. Um, there's the Hill TV. There's the Young Turks. There's the David Pakman Show, uh, the Sam Cedar Show. And to me, they're all uh, spewing the same message. They're sort of self-absorbed. Absorbed, um, sort of bloviating uh, pompous asses in my mind and um, there's um, if you hold on a second I want to get uh, someone has a theory about that and um, and we haven't even mentioned the, the Michael Harriet um, article that was in the root.com that called Mayor Pete uh, a lying um, MF, which I think sets all-time lows for political discussion. Um, I mean, if you're going to call Mayor Pete that, what are you going to call Trump? <laughs> if, I, w- I would think Trump would get that title first. Um, but uh, right here's uh, what I kind of discovered um, in some of my readings. Um, the clear candidate of choice for these uh, on the left is Bernie Sanders at the expense of all others. And one reason for this, for this far left messaging, is the Dunning Kruger effect, the cognitive bias in which people assess their own cognitive ability as greater than it is. It is related to the cognitive bias of illusory superiority and comes from the inability of people to recognize their own lack of ability. They think they have nothing to learn from anyone else, which produces an exceptionally arrogant and contemptuous manner. And if you see these shows, Ray, uh, I use the word smirk. Uh, they, they, the, 
the hosts just are nonstop uh, smirks from beginning to end of a video. Um, they're exceptionally arrogant and contemptuous. And if you're already perfect, why would you ever listen to other people outside your limited political sphere? Um, sounds like the profile of um, Ray, the, the Fox News listener. Uh, just you know, tune us in. We'll give you the news, and we'll tell you what to think. And I think it's crept over to the left, where they, um, uh, you know, you, you know, it's it's uh, Bernie or bust. Bernie has all the answers, and I, I just, I mean, they don't even. You got to see these people. I don't know if you, I know you said you watch Pacman, but he seems to be the least of the bunch. But he has you know, connected with the others. Um, I mean, these are, you, you, you go to us, this website, the Young Turks, um, run by a, a misogynistic, um, arrogant person who, um, by the way, <laughs> this guy's name is Jenk Uger, uh, an unpronounceable name, but um, he's running for, for Congress now in the seat that, the California seat that was vacated by uh, Katie Hill, and um, this guy was endorsed by Bernie Sanders on Thursday. On Friday, Bernie withdrew his endorsement, which sounds crazy. Um, but even Bernie's people said, listen, this guy is sexist. This guy is uh, – he's uh, um, Turkish and – you know, the name of the show is The Young Turks. And that was the name of the group that is accused of, uh, you know, causing the Armenian genocide, which he denies. But he's always been a, a, a pro-Bernie people person. He says he hates corporate media, corporate anything. And uh, the, the whole show is, is real, a real lesson in groupthink. Uh, I mean, how badly can you bash Mayor Pete um, without ever um, considering what he says? And I don't know if you heard about this one the other night, Ray, but, uh, you know, Pete was uh, kind of pressured into opening up his his private campaign events to the media and and the uh, the new the address of this event was made public and in a really crazy and dangerous situation, uh, supporters, and I just believe that they were Bernie supporters, crashed the party, literally. They protested outside, which is one thing, but then they crashed into the building and into the event. And God knows, I mean, that could be a danger, physical danger to the to Mayor Pete. And... Um, I I I just think we're something's got to give here. I I, I mean this uh, uh, you know he's uh, he's out trying to raise money to uh, uh, to take on the Daddy Warbucks and um, uh, I think he's certainly within his right to have private fundraisers. I when I worked with uh, Howard Dean. Um, that was certainly the rule. You could 
you know, events did not have to be made public. Um, but there's this sort of streak of madness among uh, the Bernie people, and I hope Pete calls him out on it next week at the debate for uh, just uh, crazy behavior, um, destructive behavior. Um, Ray, any any thoughts on that? Well, you know, you raise again a great point, and it's I, I have serious fears for the safety of, of Mayor Pete. Um, I think you're the psychodynamic there is different than with any other candidate, and it's irrational, uncontrolled fear and that they have of, of us as LGBTQ people, and it's symbolized by Mayor Pete. He doesn't deserve it. It's wrong, but, um, yeah, uh, we could talk about this for days. There's really something yeah. going on there, and he has absolutely no obligation to tell them anything. His private fundraisers are his personal events and uh it's wrong yeah um and i, I want to close here we have just a few minutes left but um i want to talk about that the the obstacles that mayor pete's working against and um why and how uh incredibly um smoothly he's handled it so far and I believe he will, which goes to his his character and his personality and his ability to to uh lead. Um I want to turn to our friend Dr. Bill Buffy, who's uh, I'm quoting in my article uh about what we face, what what the LGBTQ uh minority faces and um um just as a reminder to people that uh, of what what's going on here. So Bill Buffy wrote, and this is in our book, uh, Healing the Brain, Stress, Trauma, and LGBTQ Youth. Um, he wrote in a paper, one only has to consider the rash of teen suicides resulting from anti-gay bullying to begin to comprehend the magnitude of the public health problems faced by this country and its LGBTQ sexual minority. Despite the prevalence of same-sex households and campaigns to protect human rights, gay persons find the very nature of their being constantly debated within our legislative bodies, the courts, and the mainstream media. They are subject to ridicule and are commonly the targets of demeaning and derogatory slang or insensitive jokes. Their morality and value as human beings are frequently questioned by individuals and organizations ignorant or unaccepting of current medical and social science literature concerning the gay population. Being cast in such a light strongly contributes to the phenomenon known as minority stress, which members of this community experience in their struggle for validation and acceptance in our heterosexist society. Um, I guess my point, Ray, is, um, you know, he doesn't automatically, Mayor Pete doesn't automatically deserve LGBTQ support, um, uh, but neither does his status. Um, uh, should his status uh, merit disqualification? Or um, I think he, the way he's approached his campaign is, you know, being gay is is not his number one characteristic. Um, he's a he's a skilled person. Uh, 
thoughtful person. He speaks fluently. Uh, I mean, he speaks seven languages, but he speaks English in complete sentences and complete paragraphs. And I think he um, confounds people. But ironically enough, where he has been most, Iowa and New Hampshire, people are attracted to him uh, in amazing numbers. And he's leading right now in both states. So where he, where people get to see him and hear him, he wins. So Ray, a final thought. I think Pete has incredible potential. I just hope he can circumvent the waters because it's a complicated setting. And uh, this is one of the best shows I think we've ever done. And I thank you, David, for letting me participate in it. Well, okay. Thank you, Ray. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Visit us at www. A thousand moms.org. We always need support. And um, please uh, listen to us again and stay safe and stay informed.